Thank you for being a listener of the Women in Tech podcast. To support the podcast and cheer us on, become an MVL Most Valuable Listener on our private feed where you'll have ad-free episodes and join us in Zoom meetups to meet other listeners of our podcast community. Go to womenintech.love, linked in the show notes. So I feel like it's always just chasing after the next thing and just like figuring out what you're worth based on like what the market is offering and just thinking about, okay, so if this company is offering this, then I'm able to go and ask for this from this other company. Three, two, one. My name is Esprit Devora, host of the Women in Tech show. The show means a lot to me. The reason why I wanted to create the Women in Tech show is I wanted to create a positive piece of content, something where people can listen and say, if she can do it, so can I. Hey, this is Adam Marks. I'm a tech founder, writer, and consultant, and I've been listening to the Women in Tech podcast for about three and a half years now. Esprit does a phenomenal job spotlighting female entrepreneurs from all over the world And one thing I love about the show is listening to their stories and how they've built their companies and organizations. We should always be pushing for representation and equality every time we go into the boardroom, every time we look for co-founders, every time we look to hire employees for our companies. So support representation and equality, support the Women in Tech podcast, follow me at AdamMarks13 on Twitter and on LinkedIn. And remember to always look for the orange sunglasses. To connect and collaborate with extraordinary women in tech around the world, remember to go to the Women in Tech Facebook group at womenintechvip.com. That's womenintechvip.com. The best business resource I have is my mentor's private Facebook group. I've never found a community that cares more about one another's success. It inspired me to create the same thing for podcasters. If you're a tech company or startup looking to grow your podcast audience, I created GetPodcastListeners.com, a private group specifically to discover how other podcasters have grown their audiences so we could do the same. Check out GetPodcastListeners.com. That's GetPodcastListeners.com. So our amazing editor was like, Esprit, I got to get some personal spots from you. But I have been burnt out and so I just wanted to be like really open about it and share with you my journey because I know so many of us experience that and then we rarely talk about it. I just did an interview actually earlier today with the CEO of a hundred plus person company and the CEO talked about how they were really burnt out a while ago. It just came up and how they were crying every single day And like nobody would have known and how most, you know, executives aren't open about this kind of thing, thinking that we have to look perfect all of the time. And it leads to an even harder time. So I've been struggling in and out of burnout. It seems like right when I start to pull out of it mildly, I 
pull myself right back in. And I'm working on it. One of the things that I did is I created a pact with one of my good friends to exercise every day. Both he and I have gotten completely out of shape. And so we made this pact to kind of hold one another accountable. And we created a plan, including like a meal plan. It's a whole thing. It's really cool. It's a four-month plan we're doing together. We just invented it ourselves. And I already feel different. It's been a couple days And like this morning, I woke up feeling really melancholy, which was difficult for me. It would be difficult for anybody, but it's hard to like get out of bed and do things when you just feel like the weight of the world, you know? And then I got on my bike and did a workout and I immediately noticed a difference in my headspace and everything felt so much more possible. And it's interesting the like, you know, the drugs the brain releases when we exercise or eat healthy. And I'm sure having my (laughs) daily pints of ice cream wasn't contributing to feeling really, you know, jazzed about the world either because all that sugar and, you know, chemical foods, it like, it takes us down. I know it takes me down. So, I'm excited to see like how I'll transform as these months flow ahead and I'll share the journey with you. But know that if you are experiencing, you know, waking up feeling melancholy too or being burnt out or crying every day like like the CEO was courageous enough to share, you're not alone. And if you're not going through that, that's so rad and check in on your friends. Um, I know you know, mental health is something that is trending right now. I'm not sharing this for that reason. So I hope we just sincerely continue to authentically care about one another and not just ask how our friends are because, you know, it's a mental health week or some random internet trend. It's important that we genuinely care about one another. At the core ethos of our global humanity is is human connection. And if we're not feeling well, you know, upstairs, I, I, I was interviewed on this podcast that I, I really respect and admire. It's the Danny Miranda show. Maybe it's the Danny Miranda podcast, but um, he's such a great interviewer. And, and I go, the brain is the goat. And I really feel that way. The brain is the goat. And we need to look after our brains. Anyway. All right. Enjoy the next episode. Bye. Welcome back to the Women in Tech podcast, celebrating women in tech around the world. So excited for our next guest coming at us from Los Angeles. Welcome, Alyssa. Hello. Hello. How's it going? Good, good. Okay, so to kick things off, go ahead and tell us a little bit about who you are and what you do. Sure. So my name is Alyssa. I'm from LA for about four years now, but originally from Dallas, Texas. And I'm currently the founding head of product at an app called Lolly. And we're based in Venice Beach, California. And we are working on a new TikTok dating app. And what inspired you to create Lolly? I joined the team when it was about a couple of months in. And I was super inspired by the team. Everyone was really, really hardworking. And I think that TikTok is definitely the next big thing right now. So the age of social media has kind of gone from like still pictures and now it's very video based and dating online hasn't had a lot of innovation for about the past 10 years. um, Tinder and Bumble and Hinge are feeling very still right now. So we've decided to kind of integrate the newness of TikTok into this dating space. 
So I'm on the founding team. There are two co-founders named Mark and Sasha, and they kind of started this app called Lolly. Mark originally founded the entire company um, of Skip It Inc., where he also worked on a previous app. Um, and then it kind of came to what it is today. But I'm like one of the first people on the team and I've been leading product ever since. So everything that you see in the product right now, I've spearheaded that with our incredible team of engineers. And what attracted you to the Lolly team? How did you find the opportunity? Why did you want to work for this startup? Yeah, so I actually met the founder, Mark, a while ago. So I met him back in March of 2020, and we just became really good friends. I saw, you know, he was like passionate, hustling. Um, he was also super young. He was still in college like me. Um, and I just really connected with him. We became friends. We stayed in touch for a while. And then I was always interested in what he was working on and vice versa. And then um, he started telling me about Lolly. And I got super excited by it. Um, I came in to help advise on design and advise on product. And then basically, I was away for a little bit. And when I came back, we both kind of realized that like that time when I was gone felt very strange and like things weren't working as well as they were. So we decided that we should dive in and kind of just grown ever since. And now you're there. What is it like for you building a startup here in Los Angeles versus the other tech cities? Why did you pick L.A.? That was actually one of our major decisions is, you know, do we go to the Bay? Do we go to New York? I think Austin's like booming right now. Um, Miami. But the biggest way that I, <laughs> Miami, yeah, Miami is getting huge. But I think the biggest difference and kind of how I explain LA tech to other people, actually, um, because people are always like, oh, like, why is LA different from Silicon Valley? What makes it the biggest difference is, you know, both of them are really working on tech. Tech is booming. But I think LA has this really unique culture because it's kind of the intersection of like creators and influencers. And it's not just about like, oh, you know, I want to pay someone on TikTok to just do this for me, or I just want to pay a sponsored ad. But it's actually about like creating those relationships and working together because creators really want to get involved in tech and tech really needs creators to kind of boost their app and market. So, you know, you get to have this great relationship in LA where you can actually just be like close friends, you can meet each other and everyone wants to get involved. So I think that it's like so unique to be a part of this culture. Walk us through Lolly. It's a startup, so most people don't know yet. First of all, is it international or is it just US based? And how do we use it? How do we interact with it? Sure. So Lolly is currently we're really targeting the US and specifically we're um, you know, looking to start in some major cities just because that's where like cluster of people is. And for dating apps, it's super important to have like high volume in certain areas. So we want to really focus on that. But Lolly is basically the next generation of online dating. And so we're very focused on Gen Z and millennials. And we're trying to, um, you know, cater to that younger audience that isn't using as much of the Facebook now. And they're all using TikTok, which is super exciting and a really great opportunity that we wanted to jump on. So basically, the way that Lolly works is instead of having a dating app profile that is just composed of still images, we are using video content. And then that content can be consumed in a feed. So it feels a lot more natural and fun. You're just watching videos and also like getting to meet people that are in those videos. And you can kind of send them a crush or like slide into their DM and then start talking to them. So you said it's TikTok for dating or it has a relationship with TikTok? So we aren't connected to TikTok directly like we're under TikTok or anything, but we like to use like that analogy because we do have like a similar feed. Yes. 
So, okay. When did you first become interested in product? When did that journey start? I went to a school at USC. It's called the Iovine and Young Academy. And um, it's founded by Jimmy Iovine and Dr. Dre, who are the founders of Beats. Um, And they were looking for people who kind of lived at the intersection of design, technology, and business to kind of take on the next generation of product and tech. And so I went and joined this program about four years ago. I graduated recently. About my sophomore year, I really saw so much potential in product and specifically product design. So I honestly just needed help paying the bills. And so I decided to go out and you know, see what I can do, get a job in product design. So it was really just kind of learning along the way. I started out just working at a couple of startups and then Um, One thing led to another. Um, I was improving along the way, getting more opportunities, went to work at Quizlet, Facebook, Tesla, and just had such a great time. You know, kind of along that journey, I found my passion and love for for startups. And so I always loved to be working, like even while I was in full-time school, even, you know, at all times. So yeah, it's just always been a passion of mine. And now I'm like so excited to be actually leading product, which is like definitely pretty new for me, leading a team as well and kind of driving product priorities. And it's definitely made me think very differently in terms of, you know, what are the business goals? What are the long-term goals? And how do I make product decisions for the whole company? So it's been a new challenge along the way, but I love it. Being in tech, how would you define your self-worth? Meaning, There's so many things that we as a culture go through as women in tech in determining our value and how we position ourselves. How do you determine your value as a professional? And then 10 of the question is so everybody listening can learn from you and and be empowered as well. Yeah, honestly, that's been one of the most challenging things for me. I think that especially because I've been largely self-taught and I've always just been like chasing after the next opportunity. It's really hard to like stop and think like, okay, am I being valued enough here? Am I like, what do I ask for when I'm negotiating? And I think that for me, I've just always thought of it as like, the more experience that I gain, the more that I can ask for, but I definitely could do a better job of like, you know, evaluating it with my peers, seeing what else is out there. But I think for me, I always think, okay, so if I get like one opportunity, then that means I could probably get another opportunity. So that's kind of how I approach things. And and my parents have always like come back to me when I'm like, I got this internship. And they're like, cool, which other ones did you get? And I'm like, okay, I got to go get more. So I feel like it's always just chasing after the next thing and just like figuring out what you're worth based on like what the market is offering and just thinking about, okay, so if this company is offering this, then I'm able to go and ask for this from this other company. And I think especially as a woman, it's like really hard to make sure that you're being valued, especially when in a startup, the lines between like work and personal and like you're always going into the office and just like helping each other out with other things. Like right now I'm like setting up a TV downstairs um, just because that's what needed to get done today. Yeah. But yeah. If you were your dream self, like with no fears, no obstacles, no self-doubt, a hundred percent self-love, self-acceptance, like, so if you were your optimum version of yourself, what choices do you think you would make that you're not making right now? I know it's a kind of a vulnerable question, but I'm really excited about the answer. Yeah, I think that's a really hard question for me because I think I always have the attitude of the worst thing that they could say is no. I often just like always think you could always ask, you can always ask for 
that extra pay bump. You can always ask for what more can I do? So I think that's kind of how I've been approaching life. And the worst thing that they can say is no. So I honestly don't think I would ask for anything different. Speaking of dating and the whole genre of dating, I don't know if you listen to it or if you're familiar with, there's a podcast called Call Her Daddy. Uh, do you know it? Mm-hmm. And by yes, a Alex girl Cooper. named Alex Cooper. Yeah, Alex Cooper, really talented. And so she started the podcast in 2018. And now in 2021, she just got a three year deal with Spotify for $60 million. And the reason why I bring it up is the courage she had to negotiate the deals that she has negotiated is like amazing and so empowering and inspiring. And I feel like collectively, all of us as women could learn from her courage. I mean, it sounds like you have it on mm-hmm. lock, but for me, I'm like <laughs> totally afraid. Yeah. I just think the more we share stories of courage and what's possible, the more that we'll be empowered as a community. Yeah, absolutely. A lot of my friends always come to me to ask for like negotiating advice and things like that. They're like, am I being, you know, properly compensated for the work that I'm doing? And I always tell my friends, I'm like, never take an unpaid internship. If they're not going to pay you, then they're not valuing your time. And that should go for everyone, like women and men and, you know, people who are a part of non-binary communities, etc. Like everyone should always be valued for their time. So that's like the advice that I give to everyone. And then in terms of negotiating, I always say, you know, like, okay, well, you know, what are they offering you? Figure out what other people are getting and then go out and get that too. Because like the worst thing that they can say is no. I always say that. Just to touch on internships for one more moment, what's your point of view on the value of learning when you don't have experience and having the internship? Like I've done so many internships that were unpaid because like I wanted to utilize them to learn. And I don't think there's necessarily a right or wrong way. But what's your perspective on the two scenarios? Yeah, I think that at the end of the day, even beyond any sort of pay, like the most important thing when you're going after opportunities is to make sure that you have the right mentorship. That is like always the top most important thing. Um, If you find the right mentors, then your career will honestly really take off at such a higher pace than, uh, you know, if you're just kind of trotting down a path and you're not having anyone to lean on and things like that. And so, yeah, I don't know. Like if you have an unpaid internship with a really great mentor, I don't know. I think that that could definitely have a really great benefit on your life. (laughs) Um, But yeah, I think I've had a lot of really incredible mentors. One that comes to mind is when I was at Quizlet, my mentor there, Milu, she really like helped me a ton. I think I grew the most during that period because Before then, I had only like dabbled at a couple of startups. And that was my first time being a part of like a bigger design team, always getting tons of feedback. And I think that we both had a very similar style of like not sugarcoating it. Like if you're ever giving feedback, it's just to make each other better um, and specifically me. So I think that she was always super open to communicating, super open to giving feedback. And to me, that helps so much because anything that I can do to like improve myself and get better is always like positive to me. So even if it's like a negative comment on one of my designs or something like that, I'm like, okay, awesome. I know not to do that next time. I know how to get better. And like having those key people has helped me so much to just improve as a designer in a really short amount of time. What obstacles have you come across that you've successfully overcome and how did you overcome them? I think that one of the biggest obstacles is definitely like work and personal. Like where do you draw the line? How do you divide those? And I think that 
saying that you should completely divide them like is never the answer. Because if you do that, then every single little thing is just going to be like a stressor in your mind. Like, oh, like this is strictly work. This is strictly personal. And especially in LA, I think that that combination of like work and influencers and creators and there's like tons of events that happen like a lot of my social life is also tied to work just because we're always going to events we're always promoting and things like that so honestly just trying to find the balance of um, you know work and also being friends with your coworkers, I think has been one of the biggest obstacles and so I always just try to say you know like oh if we have like a discussion at work and we're on separate sides of that, that doesn't mean that that affects any part of our day. That doesn't mean it affects any part of our friendship. Like we're all doing what's best for the company. If we're talking about anything that we're disagreeing on, that's not like drama. That's not gossip. It's just all of us being super passionate and wanting to make the company better. And I think just having that mindset has helped a ton. I'm curious, is this your first podcast? Yes, it is. Yes. Oh my God, love it. Yay. Oh my gosh. And I hope everybody like continues to elevate you from here. It's always such an honor when I get to be someone's first show. So I'm really excited. What is the most impactful book, either in your professional or personal life that you've read? I would have to bring it all the way back to high school. And I read this book called The Back of the Napkin about like visualizing your ideas in creative ways. Uh, And I think that was probably one of the first times that I thought more visually instead of I was like super analytical in high school. I like loved math, loved numbers. And I was like, that's so unique to ideate like through pictures instead. I think that that definitely like changed the course of how I think a little bit. I mean, that's a rad recommendation and we'll include it in the show notes as well. What is advice someone has given you throughout your journey that's helped you accelerate in your career? I think one of the best advice I've been given was way back. It's actually unrelated to work, but I can apply it to work. It was back when I played club volleyball in high school and I was the captain of my volleyball team. And my coach told me that the best way to be a leader is to make other people feel like leaders. And so I think that I've definitely carried that into work in terms of giving people ownership, helping people feel passionate about the things that they're working on through feeling like leaders and everyone is always able to, you know, lead in some capacity. So I've always wanted to elevate that for everyone. How can people connect with you and get to know you more? I'm always super open to connecting on Instagram or even LinkedIn. If people are looking for professional advice, I try to like take up any coffee chat with everyone just because mentors have been so important in my life. So I've always been super keen about mentoring others and especially like other students when I was at USC. So yeah, please have people reach out. And can you share your handle and and the spelling of your name so everybody could easily find you? Yes. My handle on Instagram is at Alyssa Goldby, A-L-I-S-S-A-G-O-L-D-B. And um, on LinkedIn, you can just find me by looking up Alyssa Goldberg. Alyssa, thank you so much for hanging out with the Women in Tech podcast to connect and collaborate with more amazing women in tech around the world. Remember, go to the Women in Tech Facebook group at womenintechvip.com. That's womenintechvip.com. Say hello on social at Women in Tech Show on Twitter, on Instagram, on Facebook. I will see you guys, talk to you guys, hear you guys in the next episode. Bye. Bye. Hi, my name is Alyssa Goldberg. I am the head of product at Lolly, which is the most fun way to meet people online. Based in Los Angeles, California, you're listening to the Women in Tech Show. 
The Women in Tech podcast is hosted and produced by me, Esprit Devora, With help from Janice Geronimo. Edited by Corey Jennings. Production and voiceover by Adam Carroll. And music from Jay Huffman Live and Epidemic Sound. The Women in Tech podcast is a wearetech.fm production. Thank you for being a listener of the Women in Tech podcast. To support the podcast and cheer us on, become an MVL Most Valuable Listener, go to womenintech.love, linked in the show notes.